Today we'd like to talk to you about overcoming a critical spirit. Too many people today are focused on what's wrong and not what's right. It seems like it's gotten even worse since the elections. A lot of people have a habit of seeing the negative. They can walk into a brand new, beautifully and tastefully decorated house and instead of seeing the thousands of things that are right, they'll point out one little small scratch on the floor. What does that tell us? They're drawn to the negative. They don't see the rose, they see the thorn. There are two types of people. There are fly-like people who are attracted to gossip, politics, who complain all the time about the boss, about the job, about the working conditions. And then there are the bees. The bees are looking for the honey. They're looking for what's good, and what builds us up and challenges us and what inspires us. Now, each one of us has a choice before us. We can develop an eye for the good, or we can develop a critical eye. This is especially important in relationships. You can train yourself to see people's strengths or to see their weaknesses. You can focus on what you like about your spouse and magnify that, or you can focus about what you don't like, the little things that annoy you. You can get into a habit that instead of recognizing and magnifying the things that originally attracted you to marry your spouse, you can get into a habit of magnifying the little idiosyncrasies about your spouse that annoy you. And the result will be you forgot the reason that you got married in the first place because you're magnifying the wrong things. In our marriage ceremony, we just had a marriage ceremony this afternoon, there's a segment where both the bride and the groom vow in advance they're not going to get annoyed about any habit of their spouse. They're going to agree in advance not that you don't see it. We're going to see someone who doesn't pick up their socks or we're going to hear that nasal twang in their voice. Whatever it might be, maybe put on... <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that way they have a clearing their nose. <laughs> uh, of course, you, you can't help but notice those things. But the question is, in the marriage ceremony, you make a vow that you're not going to magnify them. You're not going to dwell on them. You're going to pick out the good things, and you're going to magnify and dwelling those. Instead of saying, oh, you never take out the trash, you never spend time with me, you're always late, we need to recognize that people respond a lot more to praise than they do to criticism. Instead of nagging your husband about not mowing the lawn, why not tell him how good he looks out there with his shirt off? And then don't be surprised if he's out there mowing the lawn every single day. So where is the problem here? The problems are not with your spouse, not with your job, not with your circumstances. Problems with us. It's a heart condition. Someone said, when looking for faults, don't use a microscope, use a mirror. One lady, she used to look out her kitchen window across her backyard into the neighbor's backyard, and the neighbor had a line there for dry and wash. So you used to say, oh, this, this neighbor lady, her clothes are so, so dirty and dingy. She doesn't know how to wash. I wonder if she even uses detergent. Can't believe it. She lets her family wear those dirty clothes. Day after day after day, week after week after week, she made the same comments to her husband. One day, she gets up, she goes into the kitchen, she looks out, and she sees her neighbor's clothes are bright and sparkling over there on the line. She says, honey, come look. This neighbor lady finally learned how to wash. I wonder what happened. Her husband sauntered into the kitchen. He said, I'll tell you what happened. I got up early this morning and I washed 
the kitchen windows. What was her problem? It was what she was looking through. Her filter, her window was tainted. If you see negative things everywhere you turn, the problem is not external, the problem is internal. The problem is in your heart. Maybe it's not the world that needs to change. Maybe we need to break the habit of seeing the bad rather than the good. Maybe we've trained ourselves to be cynical and sarcastic. If I'm constantly finding fault, it might be time to get out the Windex and clean off my heart. And that's why we chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Ram Rama, Hare Hare. It's a Windex to clean the dust and the dirt that is accumulated on the heart since millions and millions of years. Your unclean heart will go with you wherever you go. Let's say you have a problem at your job with one of your coworkers. So you think by leaving that job and getting another one, you'll be able to avoid the problem. The problem is not the coworker, but the problem is your critical spirit. And that's going to go with you wherever you go until you decide to do something about it. You leave one job because one coworker is bothering you, I will bet you dimes to dollars that when you get to the next job, there'll be two coworkers now that are bothering you. Maybe you leave one wife because you don't feel that she has everything that you need. I will guarantee you that after living with a second wife for some time, you'll come to realize that she doesn't have everything that you need either. Maybe what you need to be complete is to connect with the total completeness by chanting His holy names. You could go through your whole life living lower than your potential unless you learn how to clean the window. I heard about a hyena one time. Some or other he fell into a a vat of blue dye. And when he came out, all the animals were like, oh, this must be a divine avatar, a divine creature come from the celestial realms to rule us. So they put the hyena up on a throne. They gave him sumptuous delicacies to eat and to drink. Every suggestion he made, they couldn't run fast enough to follow it. The hyena was thinking, this is not bad. This is a pretty good gig. <laughs> and he enjoyed it. He took full advantage. He became dictatorial, tyrannical, puffed up with his influence and power. They say that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But one day, after a few weeks, there were a group of hyenas off in the distance. And they were yipping and yowling. And he tried to, he tried to shut himself up. He tried to control himself. But finally, he just couldn't resist anymore. And he just let out with all the yipping and yowling, connecting with the hyenas. And the other animal said, oh, we've been duped. We've been tricked. This guy is just another hyena. They dethroned him and gave him a good whipping. But what's the point? You cannot change your life. You cannot change the quality of your life just by dipping yourself in a bad blue dye or by any external manipulation arrangement. You have to work from the inside out. A lot of people are too quick to find fault to be critical. If there's someone who's not exactly like them, that in and of itself means there's something wrong with them. You often hear people say, well, I'd never wear those clothes. I'd never send my kids to that school. I'd never drive that car. I'd never take a vacation on this economy. Here's the key. You are not them. You don't know what you do because you haven't walked in their shoes. How someone spends their money, what kind of a car they drive, where and when they go on vacation, it's none of your business. I have a hard enough time trying to run my own life without trying to run someone else's life. 
And he said that one of the best ways to keep the mind clean is to mind our own business. And one of the best ways to mind our own business is to chant the holy names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. What is the business, the real business of the human form of life? We get it from Lord Jesus Christ. Two things. First of all, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. Which one does? One nourishes that seed of love of God, which is dormant within everyone's heart, by watering it. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hypothetically, in one passage of scripture, it asks, is it possible to chant the names of God on a regular, consistent, daily basis and not develop love of God? What do you think the answer is, yes or no? The answer is no, it's not possible. So if you want to develop love of God, then you are already pre-assured by scripture that if you do it regularly and on a daily basis, you will develop love of God. Now it's up to you. And you'll also develop love of your neighbor. If you water the root of the tree, what happens? The flowers, leaves, fruits, they're also automatically nourished. If you do that one thing, then every other purpose is served. You can't love each and every one of the six billion people on this planet. Just like you cannot nourish a tree by watering each flower, twig, and leaf. But you can nourish a tree by watering the root. You can, in fact, not only love God, achieve love of God by chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, or any bona fide name of God. We're not particular. Not only do you develop love of God, but you also, by watering the root of the tree, by worshiping and glorifying the cause of all causes, you also come to love your fellow living beings. And so one of the best ways that is said to mind our own business is to chant the holy names of the Lord. And at the same time, not be nosy, nosy people or critical people. I heard a story about some old ladies in church. The minister was like fire and brimstone talking about anti-drugs. The ladies are telling it like it is, preacher, hallelujah. And he talked about anti-alcoholism. Tell it like it is, preacher. Go for it. You know, tell them those young whippers neighbors. You know. And then he talked about the problem they had in their congregation of gossip, criticism, fault finding. The ladies became real quiet in the back of the church. And one of them said to the others, he says, before he was preaching, now he's just meddling. We want to hear the latest details, the juicy gossip. We want to get the scoop. Why? Not so that we can help the person. We just want to hear something juicy. So then we can go on Facebook or pick up the phone and tell our friend, did you hear about so and so and such and such? We had the Festival of Colors last Saturday and Sunday. We are as strongly anti-drug as anybody. And we're not only anti-drug, but we're anti-alcohol. We're not only anti-drug and anti-alcohol, we're also anti-cigarettes. And we're not only anti-drug and anti-alcohol and anti-cigarettes, but we're also anti-meat. We don't believe that the killing and consumption of dead flesh is in any way helpful to one's spiritual advancement. So we have this festival of colors. On our website, there are big graphics, no drugs, no alcohol, no cigarettes, no meat. The same graphic is at the entrance. When everyone comes in, they see it. The same message is given by the MC from the stage, which is me. All the musicians that come one after another all day long, they're vegetarians, they're non-smokers, they're non-drinkers, and they're non-druggers, takers of drugs. All the music are about being clean and pure 
and excavating your own spiritual self. We have security people who search everyone's bags before coming in. And in spite of all of that, Deseret News comes out with an article. Oregon man busted for drugs while attending color festival at the Krishna temple. Come to read the article. He was in Havu Creek. Havu Creek Canyon driving erratically. They pulled him over and they found some ecstasy. They said, did you come from Oregon to sell the festival colors? He denied it. He said no. And yet the headlines of the Deseret News and KSL said that Oregon man busted for selling drugs while attending the Festival of Colors. So this is a good example of critical mentality. There's actually no substance, no basis to the story whatsoever. But you get a drug bust and you get the Festival of Colors and you want to sell some newspapers and you want people to watch your television station. So drug bust, Festival of Colors, Festival of Colors, drug bust. Not only that, but I go to the Salt Lake Temple every Saturday night we have a service and all. And one of our congregational members is newly arrived. First thing when I walk through there, I've been dealing with this, writing letters to the editor and talking place all week long. The first thing I do when I walk in is, did you hear about the, the drug bus at the temple during the Festival of Colors? And this is like one of our own congregational members. And I said, you know, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place because this is not, my ears are not trash receptacles, thank you very much. I'm not a dumpster to hear all sorts of innuendo and uh, muckraking reporting and trash. I don't care to associate with people who carry poison from one place to another because I don't want to be poisoned. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And we all have that almost irresistible impulse, especially if someone criticized us and we find out some dirt about them and we have a golden opportunity to get back at them and we're so tempted to say something, you know, to let the cat out of the bag, to tell the dirty about that person. When that happens, just switch. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Because you know what? Everybody is a divine spark of God. Everybody is created as sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Everybody has the DNA of God inside of them. They may have made bad choices. Who hasn't? Can you say that you haven't made bad choices? Would you like grace in your life? Would you like forgiveness? Or would you like people to hold that over you and nag you about it for the rest of your life? My guess is you like grace. So if you want to receive grace in your life, you better be prepared to give it to other people. 500 years ago, Krishna was on the planet as devotional incarnation as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he had a great devotee named Haridas Thakur. Haridas Thakur was born a Muslim. But some rather in his youth, he adopted the practice of chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Chanted it 23 hours a day, 300,000 times a day. Became famous as a great saint all over the land. But there was a Muslim magistrate nearby who thought, he's born a Muslim. What's he doing with this Hindu practice of chanting the names of God? So this Muslim, this man with the critical mentality, hired a prostitute to approach the young, good-looking, hired us to court in a secluded place. Dark. His idea was that she would seduce him and then he had witnesses in the bushes that would jump out and then his reputation would be ruined. But rather than this 
prostitute seducing Harida Sukur, after three nights of her visiting him, she gave up her sinful lifestyle. She took his place and she began chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, while he left to go somewhere else. So that Muslim magistrate, the king, discovered that he was cheating on the tax money that he was collecting. He took his house, he took his property, he put him in jail, and his family ended up on the street. That's a lesson that when you try to hurt others by criticism, gossip, and fault-finding, ultimately you hurt yourself. Why? Because we're all in this together. Another's success is our success. Another's failure is our failure. We may not agree with someone, but that doesn't mean you have to go around criticizing them and bad-mouthing them. I don't know about you, but I need God's protection. I need God's grace in my life. So I'm not going to pick on people. I'm not going to kick them when they're down. I'm not going to jump on their failures. I'm not going to criticize their faults. Because when I fall down, when I have a failure, I need God's grace in my life. These things have a way of boomerating back on you. Some people build a whole ministry on negatives. Instead of lifting a finger to do anything positive themselves, there are people who make a career out of criticism. We don't claim to be perfect. Not every statement, every deed, not every mood that we have is perfect. But we do know that we're doing the best that we can do in order to do what Krishna has called us to do. We originally came to this material world. The perennial question that everybody always asks is, if we were originally in the spiritual world, where life is eternal, full of bliss and knowledge, why did we come here? There was nothing wrong there. It was perfection itself. And yet, somehow or other, we ended up in this material world, exiled from our spiritual home. And the answer is because there was nothing wrong there, but what was wrong was in our own tendency to criticize, our own critical spirit. Another time, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had adopted the renounced order of life, which means you travel a lot, you eat very little, you sleep on the ground. So he was staying overnight somewhere in a grass hut, sleeping on the dirt ground. And another fault finder came to visit him. His name was Ramachandra Puri. While he was visiting Lord Chaitanya, he noticed a bunch of ants on the floor. So he concluded, this fault finder, that this sannyasi, this renunciate, Publicly, he makes a show of sleeping on the ground and eating very little. But privately, he's gorging himself on sweets. How do I know? Because ants. How, how, how could it be otherwise? Because there's all these ants here. There was no truth in what it said. It all came from his fault-finding imagination. And as a result, he was struck with leprosy. So similar to that, there was no fault in God or the spiritual world. But the fault was in us, that we had developed some or other, even in the most ideal of circumstances, the critical fault-minding mentality. And that's how we ended up here, in this world of birth, death, disease, and old age. There was nothing wrong there except our dirty heart. Now let me ask you this. Do you think that God is going to let us back home, back to Godhead, where life is eternal, full of bliss and knowledge, without our changing our fault-finding mentality. If that's the cause of our fall, then we need to address that directly in order to get reinstatement. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare.
Though at some point in the distant past, we were critical of God and we were critical of God's kingdom, he did not or will he ever hold it against us. So high-minded that in spite of our having criticized him, he still never ceases trying to bless us, to favor us, and to bring us back home, back to God. When we do finally turn it around and purify our hearts, he's going to bless us in ways that we could never imagine. So let's follow him. Let's take a leaf from his page. When people do us wrong, when people stab us in the back, when people criticize us, let's not try to get back at them. Let's resist the temptation to pay back our enemies in kind and not fall into that trap. Let's be like our Heavenly Father, the well-wishers of all living beings, even the animals. Let's thank our enemies. Let's thank our critics. Because the more they talk about us, the more they badmouth about us, the more the opportunity that you have to take the high road by not paying them back in kind. If you have that attitude, your enemies, your critics will not be stumbling blocks, but they will be stepping stones for your destiny. I ran across this quote last week. What some critic thinks of me is none of my business. I'm asking you today not to have a critical spirit. Even if people are being critical to you, you're not going to be a critic back. Keep your heart pure. Train yourself. See the best in everything. There is good in every situation if you'll look for it. Learn to magnify the good things. I believe today that if we can learn to wipe away the dirt from the mirror of our hearts, the course of our lives will change. We'll realign ourselves with our divine Father and well-wisher. Let's resolve today to wipe away judgment, wipe away criticism, wipe away fault-finding. Let's make up our minds that these will no longer cloud our vision. Let's go out of here today with clean hearts, believing the best, seeing the good, minding our own business. If we do this, we're going to shake off the dust of this material world and go back home, back to Godhead, where life is eternal, full of bliss and knowledge.